let me ask you a question. Why the hell do people keep getting married? You know what I mean? Isn't anybody looking at the stats? What's it like, three out of four marriages go right down the drain now? People, if you were going skydiving and they told you three out of four parachutes weren't gonna open, you'd be like, yo, forget it, I'm not going. Human beings were not meant to sit in little cubicles staring at computer screens all day, filling out useless forms and listening to eight different bosses drone on about mission statements. Robert Frost said, two roads diverged in the wood and I, I took the one less traveled by. And that has made all the difference. You got a dream, you got to protect it. People can't do something themselves. They want to tell you, you can't do it. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. This is Breaking Norms, a podcast dedicated to topics like following your dreams at all costs and the pitfalls of societal norms. And now, discussing everything from online dating to the horror of having a real job. Here are your hosts, Noah Groniger and Clint Schweitzer. Noah, when you were young and growing up, were you just pining for the days that you could get older and tackle things like bills, personal property taxes, and even the DMV? Well, here on Breaking Norms, we're going to be talking about this little thing called adulting, stuff that at age 36 and 35, respectively, we still aren't totally on board with. Clint Schweitzer, alongside Noah Groniger, welcome to Breaking Norms. We hope you've enjoyed what we've been doing so far in our previous episodes. Noah, a lot of good feedback on uh, the Rachel's Web of Lies episode. What say you? Yeah, it took me down a dark path. I've had nightmares, uh, woken up in cold sweats, reliving those moments that I had stored uh, deep in the recesses of my mind, and now they have been brought to the forefront. And uh, yeah, it's been a struggle for me, but we're going to try and get back on track here with adulting, and uh, I'll just try and let those go as best I can. So today's topic, as voted on by you on our Facebook page, Breaking Norms, um, it is adulting. We're going to be talking about you know, things that go along with, with growing up, things that I wasn't necessarily ready for, Noah. I mean, growing up, I just thought life was about playing Super Nintendo and going and playing football with my friends in the park. I, I really didn't know that later on I'd be standing in DMVs or in courthouses showing proof of insurance IDs just so that I could get a passport. I mean, I wasn't ready for a lot of these things, to be honest. It wasn't instilled in me. You have to do this at a certain time. You have to be ready for this. It all sort of got heaped on me slowly, but surely I realized growing up wasn't all that much fun. Yeah. I mean, I'd see my parents and brothers having to do things and I just would kind of put on my blinders and just focus on the here and now and just put off tomorrow's problems or down the road years from now when I'm an adult. And I just like, wow, they have to do that. That's Stinks for them, but uh, I just get to play. I'm going to focus on my day of going out and playing football or shooting hoops or playing video games or just sitting around with my friends watching movies, eating and watching great things, as we often talk about here on the Breaking Norms podcast. That's what we like doing. We don't like personal property tax, something I just had no clue existed uh, until probably my late 20s. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, learning of that was mortifying and that I have to pay for stuff that I own, I bought, I have, but every year, no, you have that, so you have to pay for it. Uh, personal property, I, what? What is this? I can't believe that this is a real thing that people have to do and pay on. If you have a home, if you have a car, a boat, 
whenever you own a motorcycle, you have to pay on it every year. It's your personal property tax. Thank you for going out and purchasing something. Yeah, I've never understood it. Like you said, talked about in your late 20s, you learned about personal property tax. And that kind of somewhere in there for me as well, because I never really owned anything. I always just like rented and then I had old cars and I would just get them. And like my mom would, I, you know, she'd buy me a car or something and I'd just pay her back for it. And I never really, my name wasn't on I didn't want my name on it. I don't want to be going. That's another thing is tax titling and licensing a vehicle for the love of Pete. Who wants to be doing that? I remember having a car learning that you had to do that. And I just didn't, it just wasn't computing. So then you got to do personal property taxes on that. And to tax title and license a vehicle, you have to have proof of personal property taxes being paid. And I remember later on in my twenties, like, a friend of mine that just has a bunch of like four wheelers and stuff. And he just always, you know, his own, his own trucks and stuff like that. He was like, yeah, my personal property taxes are due this year. It's $1,200. And I'm just, I'm sorry. 12, just you have to pay for something you already own. Like the concept is so foreign to me. And not only that, but concepts like insurance have always been so foreign to me. Like I understand what it's sort of there for, but just picking a plan, you know, we, you know, we work for the same company. So we have to get insurance every year, not understanding what it means, PPOs, going through all these documents, not knowing how what is going to happen. Like I insurance has always been a, a tough one for me. Like I don't really get it. I don't I don't really like that that's what you have that that's the way it is. Like you have to have insurance, you have to pay monthly premiums, you have to if you have a family, you're paying all this money to make sure your kids are on your insurance and then just hoping nothing happens. But if it does, you're paying deductibles and just oh those words. It just, it hurts even saying them here, man. Yeah, I mean 403B plans, PPO versus HMO. Um, I mean, just filling all of that out and your health and your dental. And like you said, do you want a high deductible, low deductible plan? Like I'm just sitting there saying, you're saying the words high deductible, low deductible. You're talking about 403B plans. You're saying PPO, HMO. I have not one single clue what you're saying. And I can't ask you because I'm 35 years old and I should probably know these things. I should have known them for probably 10 years and I have no clue what you're talking about. And I can't tell you this person that's helping me with my insurance that the school provided. I can't tell you this because you're going to look at me like I'm an alien from another planet. And how in the world have you made it to 35 years old and you don't know a single thing that I just said? It's because stuff like that, just I can't focus on. I'm just someone that I can't. I, you know, I, I'm into the things I'm into. And when it comes to stuff like that, like my brain just will not focus on talking about insurance or taxes. <laughs> like it won't. The only reason I knew that taxes were a thing probably is because of the movie Field of Dreams. Like there's that scene where, yes. you know, Ray, Ray and Annie are sitting there like with a calculator and like with, a, uh, you know, one of those old fashioned um, devices that you like, you, you see the paper spitting out of as you keep calculating things. And I'm just like, <laughs> what is that? And they're talking about taxes. Like I had no idea. Even when I had my first job, I was like, surely this doesn't mean I have to like fill out one of those forms and get my taxes done somewhere, right? And I remember my mom going, no, no, no. Yeah, you gotta, gotta, uh, you know, file your tax return now. And I was just like, <laughs> I never wanted to do that. I never wanted to get to that point. But here I was 16 and filing a tax return, man, getting old sucks. It really does. I mean, yeah, getting a job. Uh, we've talked about jobs before in a previous podcast. So if you want to hear about all the trials and tribulations of our past jobs uh, and moving into present day, please go back in the archives and, and find that right here on our breaking norms podcast. But for this one, I mean, I'm just talking about having to go and 
and apply for a job. And then if you get it, you got to fill out a W-2. I remember them handing me that form and I just had no clue. Like if you're single, if you're married, if you have kids, fill out a zero, a one, or a two. I'm just, and it just gets more complicated from there. And if you're head of household, uh, depending on how many, are you going to claim children as a deductible or write out whatever? I, no clue. I, I just stare at it and I'm just, I'm going to have to give this to my parents and just help fill out this thing that's just Greek to me. I have no clue. That, that's the one thing that I notice about all this stuff and whether it's, uh, you know, I'm every seven years I'm getting my license renewed or I'm made an appointment and I'm at a doctor's office or just, I, it seems to me that everybody around me not only knows what the hell they're doing, but they enjoy <laughs> it. They enjoy the fact that they are an adult making responsible decisions and that they're in this place doing this thing that's, uh, you know, as mandated by state or government law. And I'm just like, I won't be back home rewatching the last chiefs game. It just sort of strikes me that most people not only go along with these societal norms, they embrace it. And that's where it sort of loses me. Like people that know a lot about this stuff, it makes me uncomfortable. The fact that there are people that know all the ins and outs of all this stuff, but I guess they're in a better position than us when it comes to tax day. Yeah, they are. They know the loopholes and and what to fill out and how to fill it out and the best place to go to get the most money back. And and we're sitting here uh, this year just getting several hundred dollars back. And we could probably get more if we actually knew what we were doing, but we just can't be bothered with it. So if we get burned for a thousand dollars, we're missing out on because of taxes. So be it. I cannot like sit with a tax professional and have them ask me a bunch of questions for two hours. Um, I might get more money back, but it's just not worth it to me. And uh, you mentioned doctor's appointments there. And I remember the first time, like, having to like go to a new doctor by myself without my parents and like having to fill out the forms and our medical history and everything. And I'm just like, I, I don't know what milligram medicine for blood pressure or anxiety or whatever I take, like in the name of it. And I, I don't know like my history. Like when did I have operations? I don't know. My mom has that in her brain. I don't, even though it happened to me, like I just can't do this. Don't want to do this. And I'm just filling out random things on there. Just sure. That sounds about right. Like something I had and, sitting there and everyone just fills it out. They know everything. They're pulling out cards of uh, past operations and uh, their doctors, uh, previous doctor and physician and their phone number and their address. And I'm just like, I have no idea what his name was, his office, his number, address, anything. I cannot give you any information. I know you're needing this, but you asked the wrong person. Sorry. Yeah. And uh, you also have a good story about um, getting a car loan too, because I mentioned how for me, it's always, I, I refuse to drive new cars. I always have kind of an old car. So I'm usually just paying up front or whatever the case may be just for a $2,000 piece of crap or whatever. But you, um, at one point had kind of a junky car that you were fine with. Your, your dad suggested that you move on from it and it wound up the car you moved on from it with broke down. So then you were in the market for a nicer, newer car. And that's when things really went off the rails for you. It is. And this is all my dad's fault. I'm glad you brought this up. Cause I had a nice, uh, 2004 Tracer, and, or no, a 1994 Tracer, but I moved up to a 2004 Saturn. And uh, out of my dad's just, oh, your Tracer's getting rusty. Let's get you the Saturn. And that engine craps out within like a month. And so he's like, oh, now you just got to buy a new car, $5,000. I'm like, this is your fault. You buy it. And uh, that was uh, not going to fly. So I had to buy it. He told me to just go get a car loan. Just, oh, walk into a bank. Just sit down with one of the guys at the table. They'll uh, tell you what to fill out. And 
uh, I did it. And my parents know that I don't have credit. I haven't paid bills. Like I don't know how to do anything. I don't have a credit card. And so it gets, I sit there for an hour going through all this rigmarole and it comes back several weeks later. The guy calls me. He's like, yeah, I was denied. Apparently you've never paid on anything. You don't have any bills. You don't have a credit card. You're, you don't exist. You don't have credit. So can't give you this car loan. And, uh, I was upset at my dad for not telling me about that because he should know that. So then I had to get my mom in there to co-sign. And so I had to sit through the whole process, not once, but twice. And then I finally get my car loan and have to pay $4,800, $200 a month at a time. And uh, yeah, now I have this 2010 Cobalt. Uh, I wish I still had the 94 Tracer and was just kind of off the grid and didn't have this car loan and this personal property tax. But uh, this is our adulting and it sucks. Well, I remember one thing that happened to me specifically when I knew that like, oh my God, like I'm not a kid anymore and I hate this. And that was getting kind of a substantial speeding ticket when I was about 21 or so. And I don't know if this was my first speeding ticket, but it was definitely one that was, it was 20 miles an hour over so that there was some red tape involved and it was, you know, kind of a big deal and points off the license and maybe a suspension of license. I don't know all that stuff, but it was, <laughs> it wound up kind of coming out that like, no, you got to get a lawyer and get like these points taken off your license. And I'm just, I've never heard of this before. <laughs> I go into like a law office in my the town I live in at the time and I'm asking, I'm talking with someone and basically you're, it's just this formality of giving the lawyer four or $500. They go to court for you. They get the points off your license. You get to keep your license. Yay. And I'm just like, what was all this for? Just why can't I just pay the speeding ticket? I don't understand all the rigmarole that's involved with speeding tickets. That's another thing. Let's talk about speeding tickets. Let's talk about that. I can't stand it. I mean, the general concept makes sense. You become, you know, uh, on the wrong side of the law and you've got to pay for it, but there's all these rules and you got to mail it to a certain spot or you got to find this online thing and you got to do it by the certain time or God forbid it's some small rinky dink town in the Midwest and you got to appear in the courtroom. Noah, let's talk about speeding tickets. I know you've had, you've run a foul with the law a time or two. You've <laughs> fractured an occasional speeding law. I have a time or two. And, uh, I remember my first one, this guy was tailgating me and so I sped up and then this cop comes out from behind a tree in the middle of the street and like I'm about to hit him and he's pointing like, no, get over, get over, pull into this neighborhood. And I'm like, just, I'm just drive around you, maybe like, I, <laughs> but I pull into the neighborhood and I tell him that this guy was tailgating me, but he just doesn't care. And I get this ticket and I'm just like freaking out and I call my dad and uh, he's like, Oh, don't worry about it. But, uh, yeah, we should probably go see a lawyer. And I'm just like, Oh, what? Like, I gotta go do stuff now. Like, I just can't pay it. Like you just can't send money in. And yeah. So we go to this just small little like house, but it was this lawyer's office and we walk in there and yeah, like my dad's sitting there for like 45 minutes talking to this guy. And I'm just like, can I just go? Like, I don't think you guys need me. I, don't, I have no idea what you guys are talking about. You're talking about points off a license. You're talking about appearing in court. Like, I can't be a part of this. I just need to be going back and watching TV. I'm sure there's a say by the bell on or something that I could be watching and uh, not having this horrible conversation. So, but that taught me quickly that I didn't want to be in that situation again. So I had one other speeding ticket after that, but uh, no other speeding tickets. I did get uh, pulled over. Uh, once for suspicion of throwing fireworks, uh, firecrackers out the window, which I wasn't doing. And uh, the cops almost uh, like handcuffed me, told me to put my hands behind my back. And he was 
uh, risking me there. And I thought I was going to go to jail. And another time I, uh, was going over to, uh, my ex-girlfriend's house, girlfriend at the time, but she's now an ex-girlfriend. Uh, I just got done playing basketball and I was sweaty and, uh, just a mess. And I was kind of like swerved by her house thinking, should I stop? And then I swerved back into the, the street there saying, no, I'm going to go home and take a shower first. A cop pulled me over, said I was swerving, and I explained to him what I was doing. And he's like, oh, no, hey, man, come on. Girls like that uh, smell. Like, you sweating. It's, it's very manly. You should go back there. And I'm like, this is unprofessional. What are you saying? Like, I don't want your advice on this. Can I just please leave? He finally let me go. And so, yeah, everything with cops, just my experience with them has not been good. And uh, I don't really understand the whole concept of it. Just can I just pay this ticket and move on? Or can you just let me go and not have this awkward conversation with me? So in gen a general sweeping sense, I mean, the idea of adulthood as a kid, we all are supposed to look to this later time in life when we're going to have all these opportunities and we're going to be, you know, getting older and you get married and you have kids and you go through all these steps as an adult, as a kid. I mean, most people have that just inherent itch to get older, to become 16 so you can drive, to get to be 21 so you can drink, whatever it may be. As a kid, do you feel like you had that? Because I don't think that I really did. I think that I remember like almost wanting to take a freeze frame of myself at age 10 and wanted to stay there forever because I loved my childhood so much. I mean, God, my childhood was Fred Savage in the dang wonder years. So what? who would want to leave that? And wind up becoming, you know, Kevin's dad in the Wonder Years, working at Norcom in a factory, whatever it may be. Did you have that as a kid? What, what were you, were you looking forward to anything or was it, I want to stay here? No, I want just no responsibility. Keep me in childhood forever. My childhood was amazing like yours, just like the Wonder Years, just riding bikes in this just sleepy suburban, just little neighborhood and just running around with my friends, just the freedom to just eat and watch great things all day. Everyone else is taking care of the boring adulting things for you. And I am just having the absolute time of my life. And little did I know I'd be growing up, catching a flat tire, finally pulling over on the side of the road, trying to change it. Uh, uh, at uh, I finally get to a store that I can pull in a parking lot and change it. And just I'm on the phone with my dad. He's like, put the jack on the lip under the car. I'm like looking like, what's the lip? What are you talking about? No clue where this goes. An old man drives by, sees me struggling and says, do you need help with that? I'm like, oh, please. Like, I have no clue. And he helps me. And just right there, I'm just like, I, I got to be back in my childhood. I am not made for adulting. I can't do anything. I don't want to be doing this. And I have just not been prepped or prepared for this at all. Yeah, and that is the case. And there's a lot of things that go along. I mean, adulting is a very broad thing because obviously there's things that we don't have to deal with, like a family and kids. That's a very adulting thing to do. But not only that, there. one thing that always kind of struck me about being an adult is like when I knew that, and I, I've never succumbed to this. In fact, one of my favorite bands is Iron Maiden and Bruce Dickinson. I remember saying something pointy at one time that he said that if you ever lose that 13-year-old kid about you, then the world won't really makes sense at all. And I find that a lot about conversations that I overhear, people that I talk to that are so entrenched in this world of just being an adult, doing all the responsibilities that they have. They're talking about things like home improvement and landscaping their yard and getting new marble countertops. And I couldn't be more bored by it. Maybe what I'm saying is it's an adult thing to be involved in small talk. And maybe I don't like that either. So small talk and home improvement are big killers for me. They're big conversation kryptonites for me that I try to get out of as soon as possible. 
yeah, I mean, I'm out here, me and you alike are out here uh, doing these podcasts, making documentaries, quitting our jobs to go on the road for four months to make a documentary on college football. We're going to a different game every weekend. We are just free and just going out and doing the things we love, living our passions, making our dreams come true, fulfilling our goals. And then I get back and I'm trying to tell people about it because they're asking. And then they like cut me off and start talking about their husband who's now gotten into making bread and they know someone in a, a bread factory or plant that's invited them to come check it out and the, the process and they're getting them better equipment so they can, they can make really good bread at home. And it's just this giant, just cavernous, just disconnect between us. And they are just stuck in this adulting world where their husband is now interested in making bread. That's the big exciting thing. And all this stuff we're doing is just, uh, they it's all they just can't fathom it. It can't enter their brains as reality as something that is actually possible out in the world. Do you think that people that is it just kind of what's supposed to happen? Is it a natural part of sort of the evolution of life that you slowly and surely are, are supposed to lose all those things that made your childhood so great? Uh, I mean, what is it about human nature that so many people leave that stuff behind? And then does that speak poorly to those like you and I that hold on to so many things from childhood? I mean, the truth of it is I'm not all that different than I was at age 11. I'm still a massive sports fan. I still love horror movies and, you know, movies from the eighties and nineties and video games and Nintendo and all those things. I mean, God, that's the basis of what we do. We have this sports and entertainment network that we have put together that we, that are the passion that exudes from us is everywhere in our daily lives and in what we do. And I feel like most people just let loose of it. And it's almost like that scene in Rudy where Rudy's brother said, yeah, I used to be a Notre Dame fan. I also used to collect baseball cards. Like you have to let go of every single thing that made you what you are. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't believe in that. And I don't like that. And that's why I can't, I find myself unable to relate to so many people as an adult. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point that you bring up because I've asked my both my parents this exact same thing. And uh, just quickly here, one time my dad uh, got these free tools from a neighbor that was moving out. And he was looking through them one time when I was over there. And he found some cabinet screws. And his reaction was, oh, man, cabinet screws. This is awesome. I can't believe these are in here. And I just looked at him with this just shocked look on my face. And I was like, what would your 10-year-old self think of you right now getting this excited over cabinet screws? Would they be as perplexed as I am right now looking at you? And uh, he didn't really have an answer. He just kind of chuckled. And I kind of wanted a real answer to that. I was like, no, I, I want an answer. Like, would they be horrified? Would they be looking at you just puzzled and just bewildered? And like, that's what I'm going to grow up to be, a guy that is 60 years old, opening up a set of tools and getting that excited over cabinet screws. And it just kind of made me sad and like looking at myself and I don't ever want to become that. I don't ever want to open up and see cabinet screws and lose my mind with excitement. And my mom painted these, her entire inside of her house, thousands of dollars just for a new color. Cause she had multiple colors. She wanted just one seamless color because she had watched HGTV and Oh, that's the modern thing. That's what people are doing now. 
she had a color expert come over. I don't know. And she was holding up like three different colors of gray, uh, news flash, breaking news here. They were all the same color of gray. I don't know how you could tell them apart. Don't tell Susie that please. Oh, I definitely won't tell her it'll break her heart. But I asked her the same thing. I was, she went in through and like, she spent five minutes looking at them and she finally went with a perfect grayish was the name that she chose a beautiful color, uh, just random gray. They're all the same, but, and I asked her the same thing. I was like, what would your 10 year old self think of you getting excited about choosing a perfect grayish and spending thousands of dollars on this instead of something that you could like use and love and go do and have fun with. It's just, and not only that, but the inconvenience of like, the next several weeks, almost a month of taking the pictures off the wall, moving the furniture to the middle of the room, taking the TVs off the wall, unplugging lamps, just painters in your house everywhere, not being able to watch TV or do anything, just sleeping on the floor or on on your bed if you can, if there's not just stuff strewn all over your bed and room. The inconvenience, the money, all just for this color and like, I didn't get it. I don't get it. I never will. Just the home decor and landscaping and my dad getting excited over screws. And that's why I'm so against adulting and hope I never grow up. Yeah. And there, there's something about the feelings that you have as a kid when say, for instance, you get a Christmas present. Uh, I remember getting a proton pack as a kid. Like I think I was three or four and I got this proton pack, a ghostbusters proton pack. And I, I, I like, I don't think that feeling can be replicated and that's what like people are constantly trying to do, it feels like, is their equivalent to the proton pack is the new flooring. And I'll never be able to get on board with it. <laughs> and maybe that's why, you know, a lot of people say you'll never grow up. You, you know, you, ne- you never took the steps. You never, you know, you, you're, you failed to launch in life. And you know what? I'll stand by that because every day I'm able to kind of live out my dreams in different ways. And uh, I feel like most people don't. So I'm going to stand by it, never really becoming a full on adult. I'll take that. I'll take that to the bank and I will take it to the grave, my friend. And I know you will too. Oh, absolutely. And I think uh, if there's ever a movie or a documentary made about us, that's a good title. Uh, Noah and Clint failure to launch to adulthood. There it is. That's the title to our movie. Well, I hope you guys are enjoying what we're doing here on breaking norms. Um, you can always go each and every Wednesdays when our shows come out and you can also go vote on our next topic which is on our Breaking Norms Facebook page. Just search for Breaking Norms on Facebook, and you can uh, like the page and certainly vote on our topics. And we always hope that you will subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or Spotify. The reception has been unbelievable. The feedback has been tremendous. We always appreciate the interaction and the feedback from you guys. What other topics do you want to hear about? Um, We have some really good episodes coming up, some good topics we're going to keep throwing at you. So continue to do so and continue to hit us up at Breaking Norms Podcast on Facebook. Thank you so much for listening.